Father Jason Hage here, Director of Vocation Promotion for the Diocese of Syracuse, and welcome to a brand new year of Vocation Chats, and I'm so excited today because our Family Life Office is joining us from the Diocese of Syracuse, and I'm just so pumped because uh, World Marriage Day is just around the corner, and during our year of vocations that took place two years ago, one of our primary focuses was the vocation of married life, and Bishop Lucia, our bishop, was so clear uh, that vocations come from the home. And so before we can even talk about a vocation to uh, priesthood or religious life, we have to first talk about the vocation to married life. And I think that's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to uh, let our guests introduce themselves today, and, and, and we'll start with Lisa. Thanks so much, Father. It's such a, a blessing uh, to be here. We really appreciate it. And the ability to talk about the gift of marriage, what a beautiful gift it is. Uh, so I am Lisa Hall, and I direct the Office of Family Respect Life Ministry. Wonderful. And how long have you been on the job for? I have worked for the diocese for 16 years. It was 16 wow. years last November, and uh, been working with the Family Life Office since 2015 in oh that area. Oh my gosh! And mm -hmm. how did you how did you feel called to this ministry? How did you get here? Oh my goodness! I know that's a loaded <laughs> question, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> It's a crazy question. I had been in youth ministry many moons before, mm, so I, wow. I had been called to ministry for a long time. It's it feels like my most of my life. It feels like now, um, but the work for the diocese was even more strange. I mm. had been at home. I was a stay-at-home mom. I uh, had been at home for probably five or seven years, somewhere in that area. And uh, the previous director of Respect Life, the Respect Life office, Cindy Felice, had called me out of the blue one day and asked if I would consider taking on the position of the director of the Respect Life office. And I was not <laughs> a person, I was always pro-life, you know, believed in pro-life, but I was not one of those people who wanted to be out in front being pro-life. Oh, wow. And so I said, Cindy, I really got to pray on it. My, my youngest daughter was just heading into kindergarten. Actually, she had just gone to started going to kindergarten. And I had myself proclaimed this to be the year of Lisa. I was going to get myself in shape, get my house in order. Everything was going to be <laughs> just all about getting myself straight. And then this phone call came. <laughs> and so I started praying on it. And, you know, I felt like I was speaking and saying, you know, you've got your girls, you have, you need to take care of them. You know, your husband is your primary vocation. You know, you've got to really be careful on this. So I'll tell you what, put out these parameters, you mm. know, that I could only work from this, from nine to three, because I had to be home for my girls. You know, I could, I wanted, I needed Fridays off. So I would have time to prepare to be with them for the weekend, all these different things. And I called Cindy back and gave her all those parameters, thinking, no way, they're not going, <laughs> they won't want me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said, okay. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how God works? It <laughs> it's sure incredible. Is. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the story has unfolded from there. So, and it's, it's been amazing to see God at work through all of this ministry and how much he's grown my family in the midst of it and how mm. much he's grown my own heart in the midst of it, too. Many challenges, many difficulties, but nothing that we can't get through with 
when we trust in God and we trust his plan and we trust what he has for us. Ain't that the truth? Well, thank you for that. That's such a beautiful introduction and also a beautiful snapshot of, of your own story of discernment as God called you into this specialized ministry. What a gift. And now we have a new team member at the table today. So you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Kristen Dievendorf and I'm program coordinator for the Office of Family Respect Life. And uh, I coordinate many of the marriage prep programs and ministries to families in our diocese and it's just been wonderful. I started in uh, April of last year, I guess technically May, <laughs> but it's flown by. It's been beautiful. How's your first year been? It's been great yeah. and uh, I think, you know, I, I was a stay-at-home mom for five years uh, before coming back, so similar journey to Lisa's and uh, she was so accommodating in my discernment of what can I do? Like, I feel called to this, but you know, what impact will this have on my family? And I just felt God was calling me to this, that, you know, there are families in our diocese right now who God is moving in their lives and calling them to something more. And if I can be a part of connecting with them and a part of accompanying them, you know, that's, that's what I feel called to do. So, um, it's just been really, really enlightening. I've learned a lot and it's been, it's grown my heart. I think, in uh, the last few months. So I'm excited to see what uh, the Lord has in mind I going mean, forward. What a blessing, that idea of, a I love that word, accompaniment. And uh, I know Bishop Lucia loves that word as well. Um, but this idea that you get to accompany those couples, those engaged couples who are preparing for the sacrament of marriage. And I'm sure like you've seen and gained so much just from hearing of their experience, of the excitement of preparing for this great sacrament. And what would you say, like one thing that you have, has made the deepest deepest impression on you in, in accompanying couples and pre-Cana? Yeah, I, I think um, the biggest thing is I know that's a stressful time of their lives, and stress will always be part of life, married life. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> and <laughs> life still moves, and God is still present. And I think the one thing I remember is that joy, that excitement, that hope, and that open door that engaged couples are you know just really seizing is that the further along I've been married for 12 years <laughs> and God willing you know we'll have a nice long life um, is to remember that those doors are always open to us and so long as we you know allow our hearts to be open to what God has in the highs and lows um, you know we're just going to grow stronger we're going to be become more of who we are who God created us to be from a moment we were baptized, from a moment we were conceived all the way through the end of our lives, that God desires for us to be close to him and to be close to others and draw others closer to him. So it's just beautiful. That's so powerful. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. I love that so much. Um, And I just think like in both of your uh, beautiful snapshots of of how you got here, how you felt called to this ministry, it's such a beautiful like example of, uh, lay discernment of a call to ministry and I love that in both your stories like your vocation to marriage is primary right and I think that's so important for us to remember like even for a permanent deacon they say that yeah, before you're ordained remember that your primary vocation is always married life of the sacrament of marriage and I just love that in your own wrestling with where God might be calling you that you always say like how do I maintain the most important thing in my life which is this vocation to married life and then how can I, from that place, that sacred place, then pour my life out in service 
to Christ and his church. So what a blessing. That's truly amazing. Uh, so now we get to talk about the thing, uh, World Marriage Day. So give us a little snapshot of what that is, why it is, when it is. Um, so like give a little pitch to the diocese today, like and all of our listeners, like what, what is the, the, this day all about and what's the beauty of the day? Yeah. Uh, for us, the uh, the World Marriage Day Mass with Bishop Lucia, just to get right into the nitty-gritty details, will happen on February 19th, 2 p.m. There will be a short reception after the Mass as well. And this is at the cathedral. This yeah, is at the that's cathedral. right. Yes, yeah, right in you. our mother thank church. You, Beautiful. Yes, more symbolism, more, um, you know, more beauty to add right to Right in that. the heart of our diocese. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes, yes. Uh, as the call to motherhood and marriages too, and fatherhood, you know, yeah. a call that's right in our heart, built right into our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our hearts. Um, so we're very excited to be offering this. Our office has sent out more than 700 invitations to couples across the diocese wow. who have been married uh, 25, 50, or more than 50 years. So uh, it's a just a wonderful day of celebration. The cathedral is filled with couples who have been married, you know, these special anniversaries, but also it's open to any married couple. And during the Mass and celebration, all couples are invited to renew their commitment to holy matrimony. Mm. So, and Bishop will lead them in that blessing and that renewal of the commitment. So, you know what I love about that? It's, it's how many, how many people were invited? Oh, more than 700. 700 couples receive a personal invitation from Bishop Lucia's office, right? Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, what a wake-up call to say, like, our church, our local church, our diocese, wants to honor the sacrament so much that our own bishop is sending out these personal invites to people's homes. That's so powerful. What a message. Yeah. That is awesome. And what, what do you think it is? Like, why do we observe it annually? Like, what's the importance of that, that we pause as a church and we reflect on uh, honoring these couples who have been faithful all these years. Yeah. Uh, why do you think that's important? I think just like, and, and Kristen, I'll be happy to have you jump in here too, but for me, the, the date of the anniversary of my wedding is a very special day. It was one of the most beautiful and special days of my life. And that those special things need honoring. Mm. They ne- We need to remember the beauty of them. And, you know, the not only the hopefulness of the beginning of it, but the whole, in the, mar- the sacrament of marriage, the couples, they are ministers of the sacrament to one another. They need to minister to one another daily. And sometimes in the busyness and hecticness of everyday life, we can kind of let that take a back seat. You know, so it's really important to take that time and acknowledge it. Acknowledge the specialness of your marriage. Acknowledge the holiness of your marriage. Mm. You know, acknowledge that whether it's in good times and bad, you know, in sickness and health, um, whatever it is, you are in this together, but not only by yourselves. That's why it's special and important to recognize it through a mass and inviting God into it as well, because we cannot minister to one another well in marriage without God in the Mm. equation. We Amen. must have him. He and must just to remember that at the day of your wedding, but also on a day like this, um, this special Mass, World Marriage Day Mass, that it, it's always a reminder that you have an entire faith community standing around you yes. that are praying for you, supporting you, interceding for you. Like all the prayers of the communion of saints in heaven and on earth are all like just in, like enveloping you in prayer so you can 
continue to cherish that married love that we're God united gave. yes mm-hmm. that's right like there's a whole community so Kristen, what do you think why, why is it so important that we pause and reflect annually on this special world marriage day yeah i think um the beauty is that um there are these families that are their their own nuclear families in their homes and they're we're coming together as a faith community as a faith family to recognize the the daily effort that they put in and the daily graces you know and and i look to the couples that stand and are are recognized you know to honor them for their commitment for their loyalty to god their devotion to one another and um you know that's just a wonderful model because that's something to aspire to you know Uh, what wonderful witnesses what wonderful families we have and uh to celebrate beyond just you know, their own children or their own families that we get to recognize them together as a church family and praise God for this gift. Um, I just think that it's very important that we remember what a wonderful blessing marriage is and that God designed, you know, there's a reason why Jesus chose, you know, at Mary's request (laughs) for the wedding feast at Cana to be the very first miracle he performed. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's just... That's amazing. God loves wedding. God loves marriage. It really does. Absolutely. And I think that uh, going back to what I said at the beginning of this podcast about uh, when we kicked off the year of vocations and trying to raise awareness, the fact that everyone has a vocation, that Bishop Lucius said that uh, every vocation comes from the home. And it just made me think about uh, what are we doing as as a church and maybe even as a parish to say, how do we celebrate the couples on the ground, like in our parishes, in our faith communities? And then also like the more that we support these these couples, um, the more we're like um, kind of preparing the, the seedbed for a future vocation in a young person. Uh, and their ability to say yes is actually kind of uh, helped along by that couple's faithfulness. So I just think of my own parents, God bless them, um, six years ago, I, s- you know, all my siblings planned this surprise 40th wedding anniversary, uh, celebration. And, and I remember like as a priest it was such a blessing, like 40 years celebrating my parents. And I was able to do, uh, the blessing of rings, uh, that's typical on a, on a, on a big anniversary like that. And, uh, my siblings are gathered around them. We're all praying over them. And I was just moved to emotion and tears because I thought, gosh, the only way I know how to be faithful as a priest like in terms of sac- like self-sacrificing love. And every day I wake up as a priest, I say, I want to serve. And I know that true joy and human happiness is only to be found in this path of selfless love. The only point of reference that I have in my mind to know what that looks like are my parents mm-hmm. and always have been. Um, and I remember like, you know, my dad uh, owns a, a flooring store, a carpet store. And then my mom was a Catholic schools teacher and same thing even with my mom with Catholic school. She's like, I got to make sure no matter what my job is, like I want to be there for my four kids like when they come home or go to sports, whatever. But like even my dad, like owning a flooring store, he also was the varsity basketball coach of our, our high school team, and he never missed one of my games. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, all like my three other siblings were also playing sports. So I have no idea how my parents did this like miraculous, <laughs> heroic <laughs> effort to be like, they were just always there, always present always loving us in every moment and um, for some reason I think that is what inspired me to when I first felt called to the priesthood say like oh I can trust 
I can trust this path of selfless love. And if I'm faithful the way they were faithful and the way God's calling me now as a priest, that that will, like, the spiritual fruit is abundant Mm -hmm. because of their yes first as a married couple. So any reactions to that? Yeah, I just think that's so beautiful, that trust of, it comes from, like you said, that consistency, that steadfastness, that genuine, intentional love that your parents gave you. And what a wonderful witness. And, you know, I I think families that experience broken trust and they experience, um, you know, a lack of affection or a lack of attention, it, it has a big impact on someone's identity and mm. sense of who they are. And I think as uh, couples, as hard as it is, as much as we're being pulled in this g- generation in a million different ways, for y- your parents to sacrifice other things they could be doing for you shows that sacrificial love. It models it for God. And I think, you know, for my son, <laughs> as as uh, young as he is, he's picking up on everything. And I think as, as uh, couples think about, you know, the stresses that they're enduring to know that still being present, being loving, being intentional for their children and doing that over and over and over again sets their child up for success in the most important way. And that's in their faith in growing in character and growing in who they are. And I think that's how we accompany people out of the darkness that they might be facing with the challenges in our world today. That's so beautiful. Like someone even asked me, like, what's your first experience of like God, the father's love for you? And I was like, oh, it's in my parents, my mother and my father. And it's so true when they say that marriage is an icon of the heart of God, the icon of, of the Trinity of God's love because like the only way I I could first understand what unconditional love is like the only way I could trust that kind of love that says I am beloved before I offer or contribute anything was because my parents first introduced that kind of love to me as a child and it's a love that I could trust yes and I think identity is a big piece too do you want to say more about that Lisa yeah I and just because I want to pick up a little bit on what Kristen had offered too about um, families are a training ground in many ways. Uh, they're, they are not perfection, and we don't do it perfectly. None of us does it Amen. perfectly. But the beauty of Christian marriage is that we can rest in that we're called to an even greater marriage. You know, we're called to the marriage of Christ in the church, and that's for everyone. You know, so, so we don't have to have the pressure of doing it perfectly we just need to have our hearts open to the one who does do it perfectly. That's so amazing. That makes me think of like my parents who modeled so well uh, being ambassadors of mercy yes. mm-hmm. to each other. Like as you, like you said, ministers, they're the ministers of the sacrament in, in this great sacrament of marriage that like they taught me how to forgive and be forgiven. Yeah. And I think that was like the 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 glue that held my parents marriage together especially when times got tough was that they learned and they modeled for me how to own your mistakes Mm -hmm. to seek forgiveness and how to forgive freely and like 70 times seven as jesus says and it's only in that constant act of sharing mercy and receiving mercy that inspired me in my own ministry of of the sacrament of reconciliation 
because you recognize that God never tires of forgiving and that the married couple can model that so well for our our new generations coming up, our young people. That's so awesome. And before I forget, too, it got me thinking about uh, just, again, Bishop Lucia so uh, wisely and prophetically connecting the vocation of marriage, even the vocation of priesthood or any vocation, religious life, consecrated life, single life, um, that like in this uh, like act, you know, the rite of ordination, right? Part of that ritual, even before it happens, is the bishop will typically bless the chalice of the priest to be ordained, and then he uses that chalice at the ordination itself. And what not a lot of people know is that on the bottom of the chalice, is traditionally etched the names of the parents of the mm-hmm. priest. And so like on the bottom of my chalice is the name of my parents. Mm. And it's an uh, act of perpetual prayer for them and thanksgiving as well for the gift of their faithfulness in this sacrament that helped me raise this chalice now before God. <laughs> and then this is like not as typical, but there it goes back uh, for, for centuries uh, in the church is that my parents surprised me um, and my mother gave her engagement diamond, and it's placed on the cross on my chalice. I love that. So every day I raise the chalice, I'm reminded of my mother and father's faithfulness that began on the day of their engagement, mm. that bore fruit in my life, in the life of my siblings. You know, my older brother's married, just had his fourth son last week. Oh uh, he has four sons under the age of six, so pray oh. for him. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, oh. he sent out a prayer request. He's like, just hit me. I have four kids. I think you're just six, but <laughs> God, bless um, God bless him. But just that idea that like all of our faithfulness is based on that first yes that began on the day of their engagement and and, and was um, continued to like bear fruit today. So I, I don't know. I just wanted to share that image of that chalice and, and how that's connected, not just to priesthood, but to every vocation the young person might experience. Yes, yes. Oh. That, and that each of us has that beautiful call. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start to close up here. As I always say on the podcast, this is where I start to land the plane. But I'm going to give both of our interviews who did such a great job today. And it's such a pleasure having you on our podcast here at Vocation Chats. Um, But especially for our young people who are listening, because we have a pretty wide uh, base of young adults who listen to this, um, who maybe have not yet discerned their vocation yet. And or maybe they're they're dating and they're discerning marriage like any words of encouragement that you would give a young person today who's just trying to be open to God and, and the possibilities God might have for their life? So I'll let each of you take turns kind of responding to that. Yeah. No, just a couple of um, things on discernment and from my own <laughs> experience. I remember I was open to religious life and I had been struggling with, am I called to religious life? Am I called to married life? And it was a long process. And I remember one night praying, God, if you're calling me to marriage, please lead me to my husband. Mm. If you are calling me to religious life, please lead me to my religious order. Like, let it be known to my heart. I am open either way. And um, a few days later, I met my husband. He volunteered to help with a retreat. And I remember we were talking about ministry and how that was a big part of my heart and something he was passionate about, too. And... Uh, he just said, I am not going to meet my wife in a bar talking to a bunch of people that I don't care to be around doing things that I don't really care about. But, you know, I just 
want to be open to where he wants me to be. And I just felt in my heart, I was like, this is the one who God called me to marry. That's so it's just so wow. beautiful. And I think, you know, there were times that w- it was hard. It was stressful. I didn't have that aha moment. And I just knew it was because I hadn't met and I hadn't received and hadn't known what God had in mind. But he does give us a choice. Mm. And he, uh, you know, I, I think God would have been with me um, through that process. But he honored my choice because I did it freely and I didn't do it out of fear. And he honored my husband's choice. And I think, you know, don't be afraid to be open to what God is calling you to. Because he will bless you in that path so long as it's not sinful. (laughs) And so long as you're doing it honestly, sincerely, and are willing to work hard. You know, test. um, You know, don't just marry the first person you meet. Don't just find, you know, the first thing that comes your way. Like, know who you are. Know what God is calling you to be and be open. And I think that's just, you know, be patient with yourself, be patient with God, and live each moment as a grace-filled moment. And I love that word freedom, and that's something I always say to discerners that I work with. I say, you know, you got to move away from that place of you feel like you have to respond out of sense of duty or obligation, because God wants you to respond out of a place of pure freedom, Mm -hmm. and he really does give you a choice, you know, and that's like, it's, it's shocking and beautiful and terrible at all the same time but like god respects your free will so much that he actually wants you to choose and that choice is your response of love to the love that you first experienced in your encounter with jesus so so beautiful lisa how about you i (coughs) having two young you know young adult daughters 124 121 you know they're in this process right now of of discernment of figuring out their lives And the biggest things that I say to them are similar to what Kristen says, know yourself. And when I say know yourself, I mean, know that you are a beloved daughter of God. That's the first thing, you know, so know that deeply, deeply in your bones. Then secondly, what are you passionate about? What do you love? What brings joy to your heart? Those are things to pursue, you know, um, and don't be afraid. Trust that God has a plan for you and a purpose for your life and ways that you are going to serve him that are going to bring good into the world, bring his goodness to the world. You know, sometimes we can get stuck in the paralysis of analysis. Ain't that the truth. You know, so. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's a culture out there right now, I think, especially among devout young Catholics, where you can really get stuck in saying, is this God's will? I don't know. I don't know. Don't be afraid to try things, to go forward, give something a try and and let it let that speak to you and let God speak to you through those circumstances. So um, just be open, be willing to try, jump in and don't be afraid of commitment. I think a lot of young people today, you know, due to woundedness, seeing brokenness all around them, whatever it is, are afraid to commit. Don't be afraid to commit. Mm. God's going to show you and bless you. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it reminds me of two things. First of all, St. John Paul II's call to young people, do not be afraid. Just mm-hmm. cast out all fear. 
And uh, we'll look right on your cell phone case. You got St. John Paul II. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that's amazing. And then the second thing it reminded me of was an article uh, written by Dr. Peter Kreef from Boston College. And he has this great line in that article. And if you want to reference it, you can actually go to peterkreef.com. He has all of his articles online. But um, this article on discernment, he says that discerning God's will should be less like taking a final exam and more like writing a love letter. Mm. Yes. And when you guys are talking about, Kristen said so beautifully about freedom, and you said so beautifully about no fear, have no fear, and tr- like just do the things that you feel drawn to and that you love and give you life, because God wants you to experience life and life in abundance. Yes, he's made you for it. Yeah. He's created <laughs> exactly. you for that greatness. It's right in your DNA. <laughs> you know, So don't be afraid. You won't miss it. Yeah. Just be open to it. Ain't that the truth? And it, I'll just end on this line that I came across from St. Augustine, which is love God and then do what you will. Mm, <laughs> amen. Wow. So thank you so much here at Vocation Chats, Father Jason Hage. And uh, again, we'll be starting these podcasts up again in this new year, 2023, uh, every month. So look forward to g- special guests uh, each month. But just a, a real joy to have the Family Life Office here from our diocese. And if you'd like to check out more, uh, please visit us, visit us on our website, vocationsyracuse.org, or like us on Facebook and Insta- Instagram at Vocation Syracuse. You can also find the Family Life Office on there as well. So what are your what's your website? What's your social media stuff? You can find us at syrdio.org oh on the perfect. Syracuse Diocese right, um, website. And then our office, Family Respect Is Life right office. under the Family Life Office. Perfect. And they do so many great things. They do these family gatherings, which I absolutely love. Um, where families and young couples can come together and spend days together and, t- you know, just recreation and fellowship. Uh, but also the pre-cana course is such a tremendous mis- ministry because I think about, like, the fact that when discerners are coming to me and discerning the vocation of the priesthood, that they have that time in seminary to really uh, pray and reflect and prepare that really pre-cana is the married person seminary, you know, where they have that time to prepare and reflect and ask the right questions and wrestle those questions in prayer before God to say, is God calling me to this? And um, just such an amazing gift to have you here today on Vocation Chats. So we're so grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Father. God bless you all. We'll see you next time here at Vocation Chats. I've been down the same road, stumbling on the road the 